0: Hey, this is Nick here, senior writer over at Sports Pack 12. And this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So send in your written questions wherever the frick you are in the conference, baby. Send them in. Send them in. And I'll respond via podcast form. And fellow senior writer, Dane Miller, will respond via written column. So seriously, send them in. I have a lot of fun doing this research. Giving back the knowledge, the love, learning your concerns, all that, baby. We got the love, the knowledge. I'm going to give back to the people. Got to do it for yourself first. That's my ethics lessons, but then I'm here for you, the people. So from down south to Arizona, to east out to Utah, to east to the west out to the Palouse of Washington State, we got the Cali schools, we got the Oregon schools, we got Buffs Nation. If I forgot y'all, I'm sorry. In all seriousness, in its in our entirety, we make up the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12, and we're better for it. So without further ado, send in your questions. Let's come together and la 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 la. Let's get to it. Cleveland is the, what? Cleveland is the, who? Cleveland is the reason I'm cool. I say, Cleveland is the, what? Cleveland is the, who? Cleveland is the reason I'm cool. So today's question is from Frank in Cleveland, Ohio. And it reads, which first year quarterback will have the best season in 2020? So first and foremost, Frank, my dad is from Cleveland. Have to say that, you know, I know all Clevelandites stick together. I don't know if Clevelandite's the proper term, but uh, I've heard... All the Cleveland stories. I've heard about the drive. I've heard about the fumble. I've heard about essentially every other heartbreaking loss in Cleveland sports fandom. In all seriousness, I have heard it's a beautiful city. Yes, I said that. I know people like to make fun of Cleveland, but I heard they have a great symphony. heard they have some pretty cool um, historical references regarding African American history. So there are a lot of cool things in Cleveland. I might want to go check out the symphony. Have a cup of wine myself. But you came here for the question, not about Cleveland's history. So yeah, I just want to say my pops from Cleveland. One love, Frank, one love. So again, the actual question here is which first year quarterback will have the best season in 2020? And so this answer may surprise a lot of people, but I'm going to go with Oregon State's Tristan Jebbia. People right now are like, who? Who? So Tristan Jebbia didn't get a lot of time last year. He was really didn't play at all. He got one start in the Oregon game where I believe he finished with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions and in like around 200 yards, nothing too notable. I actually didn't write down the stats for that game. It's, it's been a little bit, but in that game, again, he played solid Oregon state hung around, but that's not, I'm not basing this pick off that one outing. I mean, it was pretty cool to hang around against your rival, but that's not why I'm picking Jebbia. So first and foremost, I want to say he's a gym rat and he's always had that reputation dating back to high school. So, he may not have the elite arm strength, the elite footwork, that sort of thing, but he could very, very, could very, very, <laughs> where was I going with that? No, but his work ethic and his kind of ability to manage the game, manage down in distances is what I believe will separate him from other incoming quarterbacks in the Pac-12. And there's kind of a cool story behind him. Again, we don't have too much to base this off, you know, based off his Oregon State career, but there are some pretty cool things. So, as previously mentioned, or not really sure if I mentioned it or not, he was a four star prospect who transferred from the University of Nebraska to Oregon State. Last year, he really didn't get a play because of Jake Luton's breakout year. So, nothing wrong with that. You know, Luton was a six year senior. So it's hard to take that type of spot. When you're looking at Jebbia's high school stats, he in three years at Calabasas in California, Calabasas and Cali, I love how that sounds. He threw for 13,109 yards and was the number two all-time in California prep history. So second in Cali, that's a very impressive stat. But that's actually not why I'm picking him. Besides with like all the intangibles and the work ethic and just that things that maybe get often get overlooked at quarterback, the reason I'm picking him is actually because of his high school story. So he transferred to Calabasas High School. That was not his original school, which is about 30 miles northwest of LA. You, who cares? You, you don't care about that. But essentially... He didn't transfer to this high school because they were good at football. In fact, they were absolutely terrible. He only transferred there to be with his childhood friends. And for me, that strikes a chord that he's a real guy and probably someone that people at the Oregon State locker room are going to vibe with. And when you're at a lesser school, for lack of better terms, in Oregon State who really struggles to win historically on the football field, you need kind of that leader that people are actually going to like. Maybe not that cocky five-star athlete. Nothing wrong with the cocky five-star, but, you know, it's always about the right situation, the right fit. And so, kind of circling back to that point, when he transferred back to Calabasas in high school to be with his childhood friends, and Calabasas was truly one of the worst programs in history. They had actually, at one point, lost 53 consecutive league games, and upon him taking over, Calabasas went 29-3. and So, in 32 starts, 29-3, and and that's absolutely amazing. Casey Clawson was his high school coach, and he was a great Tennessee quarterback a uh, university of Tennessee quarterback. So got a lot of high level coaching at the high school level. And again, the thing that really for me separates him from maybe like these new other newcomers around the conference, a lot of quarterbacks are going to come in and read the big play, but Jebby has been quoted as just saying some really cool and things that I think that Oregon state fans should be exciting about. So again, he hopes that he comes in and plays like a coach on the field is something he said. And he said, one of his strengths is understanding situations and what's accomplished on specific downs. At the college level, that is paramount for success, especially for Oregon State next year, who may have a decent defense. I mean, don't quote me on that. May have a decent defense. It is still Beaver football here. Yeah, yeah, get mad, whatever. You guys haven't been good historically, deal with it. But seriously, he will be able to manage the game and give his team a chance, which is very important. And I think he'll put up some stats because, I mean, I don't really know what else Oregon State has next year. They really don't have like, elite option to any position. They have a bunch of speedy wideouts, and so these quick slants can now turn into big yards. But again, before we get into all the stats and that, I just think he's going to have a breakout year. Don't know why, just a gut feeling. And the way he handled success at the high school level, I really think that's going to translate well to Oregon State. Had a lot of opportunity to learn under six-year senior quarterback Jake Luton last year, and he could truly be the guy. He truly, truly could be the guy. Uh, head coach Jonathan Smith of Oregon State has called him a football junkie. So, to summarize Jebbia, and then I got a two-part answer here, and I'll get to the second part real quickly. But, you know, always doing my best for myself than the peeps. You heard my introduction. You don't need to hear that again. So, essentially, Jebbia, very hard worker, really in a situation where he's nothing to lose, where a lot of these other incoming quarterbacks are in high-pressure situation. Oregon State didn't make a bowl game last year. Granted, they improved, but on the national college football landscape, no one really cares about the Beavers outside of the Pac-12. Let's just keep that 100. So hard worker, no pressure, knows how to manage the game. and has some speedy wideouts. And I think just again, these quick slants can turn to 80 yard routes. Probably not going to have like an elite offensive line at Oregon State. So basically it's all on him. And I think he's really going to show out and really put up some phenomenal stats. Now, in terms of best incoming quarterback, I think statistically, he will do so. But record-wise, I don't think he's going to be enough to change on Oregon State's you know culture. Let's just keep it 100. And I think first, or not first and foremost, but most importantly, they did lose wideout Isaiah Hodgins last year, and he was the weapon. They're not going to be able to replace that, especially on a team like Oregon State. He just such a freaking beast. <laughs> There's a reason Jake Luton had such good stats. So he's going to have to find some new wideouts. Champ Fleming's maybe the guy, but... He is my pick for new incoming quarterback. Essentially, no starts. I mean, if you want to give him one start next year, you can do that. But for me, how I reached this decision was also come up through the process of elimination. And so you're looking at UW. You don't know who's going to be the starter in Jacob Sermon, Dylan Morse, and Ethan Garbers. Jacob Sermon's probably favored, but again, you don't know. For WSU, you have Cameron Cooper. And the run-and-shoot system is notoriously hard to run if you don't have a lot of practice between the wide receivers and quarterbacks. And with no spring ball, I just don't see that working out. You're looking at Tyler Shue at Oregon, another new name here. 12 for 15, 144 yards. So, again, nothing really to go off. I mean, but that's similar to Jemmy and Nick. Well, again, he's in a much harder situation to fill. You're looking at Oregon and essentially... A team that won the Rose Bowl last year, a team that won the conference and sent off a top ten NFL draft pick, and that's a lot of pressure, especially for a kid who's now coming by an offensive line who lost four p- who lost uh, four players. I mean, again, Oregon's very talented on defense, but offensively, I never thought they had the elite wideout last year. C.J. Verdell, sol- Verdell is a solid C.J. Verdell a halfback, but I was never completely sold on him. So I don't think Tyler Shoe's going to ha- have a standout year as well. Utah between Jack Bentley or excuse me, Jake Bentley and Cameron Rising. again you don't have a clear starter i would say jake bentley is probably going to be the guy but i just don't think that he's going to fit into utah's system well he's known for throwing a lot of interceptions especially down the sec he threw 55 touchdowns over three seasons with the gamecocks so respect that but a lot of interceptions and that's not going to bode well in utah's system which is don't turn the ball over control the time possession run the rock make the throws in there and let your defense win the game and so I just don't think that's going to work out well for Jack. Or Why do I keep calling him Jack for uh, Jake Bentley? Cameron Rising, I do like, but again, he's just not that clear-cut starter. I think Cameron Rising could be a name to remember. And so that leaves essentially one guy left. Those are all the newcomers. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Where's that dude? Tyler Lytle at Colorado. Forget about him. But hey, hey. That's the beauty of college sports. He can prove me wrong. I mean, he could have a, stud, a standout year, but i say, forget about him, bro. Just He ain't, he ain't going to do nothing. Let's just keep that 100, baby. So the other name I do want to throw out there, and I'll spend a lot less time on him just because he technically isn't a first-year guy, but I think he's a name to really look out for, and that's going to be Davis Mills. He's been compared to former UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen in the 2017 class. He was the highest recruit in the nation in terms of pro-style quarterback. And that was the head of Tua Tagovailoa. I don't have that. Wait, what's that say? Yep, top-rated quarterback in high school class 2017. And that included Tua and Jake Fromm. So, I mean, that's very impressive. He's going to be the clear-cut starter next year. But I think he has all the tools. And the reason I see a lot of success for him is that Stanford retooled offensive line. I know we've all said it before 800 times, but Stanford's offensive line was absolutely decimated last year. Absolutely freaking destroyed. And they had some solid recruits, some solid, some solid incoming players, and just a really solid all-around offensive line, at least on paper. Obviously, to see how it plays out on the field. You're looking at his stats. He appeared in eight games and threw for 158 yards on 241 passes, 1,960 yards, and 11 touchdowns and five interceptions. So Davis Mills had a pretty good job last year. Won two games last season, and I believe that was against Washington and Oregon State in the games he started. And he did start the last few games of the year, which were all losses. So I'm not going to go... Too much more in-depth here on Davis Mills, since he technically did play a lot last year. But Davis Mills, I think, will have kind of the most improved quarterback. And maybe, you can't call him a first-year quarterback, but maybe the biggest jump. And he'll be a guy who's essentially a no-name on a 4-8 team as a backup quarterback to now one of the elite quarterbacks in the Pac-12. So again, you're looking at the schools in Utah, WSU, Oregon, and um, there's someone else out there, UW and they just don't have really a clear-cut quarterback. I just don't feel comfortable picking any of these guys. And my dude Jebbia again turned around a high school program that was pretty freaking terrible, one of the worst in California state history with 53 collective losses in a row in the league games. And he turned that program around when 29 or going 29-3. So there's something about this kid. I really like him. I think Jebbia is the dude. He's going to be my pick. So again, Frank, thanks for the question from click click Click, click. Alright, am I, am I having a seizure? Okay, I don't mean to joke about that type of stuff. But seriously, from Cleveland. Always makes me happy to see that. Shouts to my dad. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Great question, Frank. And Tristan Jebia. Do it, baby. Do it for Beeb Nation. Do it for me, Nikki B. Do it out here. Let's have a Let's have a good day. Have a great day, Frank. Thanks.